Hi, Diamonds. Welcome to the United State of Women, a forum where professional women come together to thrive by living more connected to our power, our purpose, and our plan. We invite you to tune in every other week where we show you that you can have it all and teach you how to get it by becoming the star of your own life and not just a supporting role in your life, career, and relationships. Here with Julie Dean, my USW podcast ambassador and co-host, I am Kalina James, owner of LCR, a business consulting and leadership development coaching company. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hey, Diamonds. I've invited Carrie Roninger to the show today. Carrie is a life coach and therapist. She's a transitional life coach that is empowering women who are childless, not by choice, design a life that is meaningful, purposeful, and fun. Welcome to the show, Carrie. Hi, thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm so excited to get to know you and hear more about your story. So, you know, how did you get to become a life coach and what led up to this? Yeah, so my training is, I'm a social worker. I'm an LCSW. So I work as a therapist and kind of oversee an integrated program. And I became really, uh, I took a certification in life coaching and I really liked it. And what prompted me to do that is I am childless, not by choice. And we'll get into that, but, you know, it's a very difficult identity to have. It's a lot of grief. It's a lot of loss. It's a lot of kind of feeling isolated. It's a, it's, there's a lot of fear and shame and sometimes embarrassment related to that. And I started to recognize that there's not a lot of resources out there for people who are going through this. And I had a skill set that I thought I could bring to the table. And so it really kind of brought sort of my passion for working with people. And in this topic, it kind of brought it together. So that's how I came to that. One of the things that really helped me in terms of living with being childless, not by choice, is a coach that I saw. And I found it really helpful. And so I thought, you know, I think I want to do this. That's really powerful. I'm thinking, you know, how often we discover a need after we're put into these random situations and life just hits us and we're like, oh my gosh, I'm looking for these resources and I'm not finding any resources. And how brave of you to step up and become the person to blaze that trail and create this resource for other women who might be experiencing the same thing. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things where once you start to dive into it a little bit, then you then I started to find some resources and it's a really inspiring community and it's a community where a lot of the leaders in it do have shared experience and kind of lived experience in it. And so I thought, you know, I want to be, I want to try and assert myself as a, a leader in this community and, you know, not only to help other people, but it's also really helpful for myself and my own journey. Yeah. I'm, I would love to know, you know, how, how long ago did you find out that you would be childless, not by choice? Yeah. So it's a good question. So I am childless by circumstance. And so what that means essentially in terms of my definition of it is I just didn't find a partner in time. So there wasn't this kind of acute sort of like you, now I know for certain that I will not have children. My childlessness at the time wasn't related to infertility or um, anything like that. 
oddly enough, now I since have gone through some things and um, had to have a hysterectomy. And so now it definitely is a line in the sand that, that I won't be. But I would say my acceptance and really the deep, deep grief that occurred around childlessness really occurred because I was I aged out essentially of having kids. So instead of this acute bomb that dropped, it really was a slow descent into, oh my God, this is really going to happen. And I think, you know, one of the downsides of that, I think, is that the people around us don't typically understand what's happening. You know, if somebody has a hysterectomy, it kind of alerts everybody around them like, oh, she's not going to be able to carry her own children, right? And so there is an opportunity for people to kind of come in and support around that. Um, People don't always do that well. So I'm not trying to say that it's easier. It's just different. And for me, I would say I started to get kind of anxious about whether or not I was going to be able to have kids around my mid-30s to the point where I actually froze my eggs. Because I was definitely trying to give myself every opportunity. And then when I hit 40, it was really like falling off a cliff. I was like, oh my God, I am still single and it doesn't look like anybody's on the horizon. What is that going to mean if I don't have kids when I want them? Sometimes people ask me at this point, did I think about adoption or having a child on my own? I would say that I did think about it, but determined it wasn't the right choice for me. I think it's the right choice for other people and completely respect people who do that. But just for me and the way my life is set up, it didn't feel that way. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for sharing. You know, I I would love to go back even before your 30s, you know, as women, you know, when we hit our twenties and we're thinking about our futures, you know, what, what did your journey look like as you're watching, you know, each season and you getting older and, you know, the, this, this time just going by and, you know, were you married? Were you, were you in a long-term relationship? Yeah, good question. So I, I would say growing up, I'll, I'll kind of take it back a little bit further, just like, I think most girls in particular, we just assume we're going to have kids. It's projected onto us. It's the toys that we sort of play with or that are marketed toward us indicate that, you know, you're likely going to be a mom one day. And so I grew up wanting children and it didn't occur to me that I wouldn't. It didn't occur to me that this would be something that wouldn't happen. Nobody around me didn't have kids that wanted them. I did get married in my early 20s and completely expected, right, that I would be with that person forever, madly in love, you know, was like, yep, we're going to have kids. And then, you know, a, a bomb dropped and it blew up and ended up getting divorced. I do think, if I'm being completely honest, that was such a devastating situation that I went through, it took a long time to process that and move forward through that, where if I'm being completely honest, I I, I lost some years, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. As you were processing the loss of yes. your marriage, 
the, you know, the trauma around trying to get in the dating scene after you've been in a marriage, I'm sure was a whole nother world in itself. Exactly. Exactly. And I thought I had time. So it wasn't, I was just trying to get out of bed (laughs) during that time. And the idea that, you know, oh, I need to be thinking ahead about kids. It, that just didn't occur to me. I was in my twenties. You're surviving. Uh, Right. You know, and I was in my twenties, figured I had loads of time again, didn't occur to me. And yeah, I got mid thirties and found myself now thinking, Oh crap. I, this might, I need to start thinking about this. Yeah. So then, you know, you become a social worker. Were you already a social worker at the time? I worked in behavioral health during that time, but I was 30 when I got my master's degree. So after my divorce, one of the first things I did was like, I got to go back to school because I got to, I got to generate some income. And I, my plan was always to go back and get my master's degree. I just, I I did it at that time in order to, it it was like an excuse to kind of move back home, be around family after all of this. And I think work served as a really good distraction um, from the trauma of the divorce. Okay. Okay. So then you start your new career as a social worker Mm -hmm. And you save your eggs and life goes on and you're thinking, you know, now I'm ready to date again. You know, tell, tell me more about that. Yeah. I, you know, dated on and off, nothing that I was like, oh, I want to get married (laughs) again. I think I was very apprehensive, very cautious, probably overly cautious. You know, you start doing things to self to take care of yourself. So, you know, in my head, I was like, well, I'm never going through that again. And so probably closed myself off to things and time is just continuing to go again. I, I I'm like, well, I, I need to freeze my eggs. So I have a little bit more time. Um, still thinking like the universe really isn't going to do me this way. And then it, it, it happened. I would say, you know, in my early forties, I was like, I need to, I need to grieve this so I don't get stuck here because I was absolutely getting stuck in this like self-image and this self-concept of you, you've blown it, you ruined your life, um, you're a failure, um, you're pathetic, and everybody in the world, drug dealers have kids, <laughs> right? Um, and I yeah, I needed some help getting out of that mindset because again, it's not only my own mindset, but then there's this, there's this cultural conditioning that then reinforces it. Not because anybody's trying to be unsupportive around that, or even that they believe all of those things, but it's just, it's like, it's in the air. Hey, this is your girl, Kalina James, and I want to chat with you for just one moment. Are you a coach, consultant, content creator, trainer, counselor, mentor? Well, maybe you wear all of the service hats at the same time. Maybe you're all of them. And I want to let you know about an awesome new tool for your growing business. 
It's called LifeQuest, Live Your Forever Quest, with brandable features that make it possible to run multiple businesses and sell paid resources under one umbrella, LifeQuest is the newest mobile CRM platform for your growing business. Now, LifeQuest is helping dynamic professionals just like you save time and money while managing your business. The support team would love to show you what LifeQuest can do for you. Click the link in the show notes to get started. And at LifeQuest, we're not just one more thing. We're the thing. Now back to your show. Right, right. What were some of the conversations like with your friends and your family as you were beginning to really come to terms with, you know, you're not going to have children? Yeah, my friends and family... I think tried to be supportive, but how, but I was very sad and it's not something that people typically have experience having to support somebody through. So, you know, when we talk about grief related to more traditional grief, right? But death grief is, I'll say, you know, there is a bit of a cultural recipe or like roadmap for people to follow, Right. They may not always be great at it, but, you know, there's some phrases that we say to people, right? Oh, I'm so sorry for your loss. Please let me know how I can help. There is a, there's traditions that sort of mark the loss. People bring food over. There's cards, right? Again, not that everybody does that perfectly, but there's at least some things that people can grab onto to demonstrate and show that they acknowledge this and they want to be supportive. And with a non-event loss, like not having kids, there's really not that roadmap. And so people struggle and bumble a little bit on how to support somebody. Yeah. Thank you for, you know, sharing that. I'm thinking just, you know, what is something that, you know, us on the outside could be doing to be more compassionate and more understanding in those moments for our friends and loved ones. Yeah. I, you know, I think everybody is different. I think a really good place to start is to validate the feelings and just let them know that you're here to listen and really steer away from problem solving. This is kind of a consistent theme that a lot of women, men too, but I, I, it's mostly women that come to me for whatever reason. I, I think, so I, I can sort of speak from that perspective, but uh, you know, when you share that you don't have kids, it really, it can catch people off guard. And when you give an answer that someone's not expecting, then they've got a they've got to like search in their brain real quick for something to say. And oftentimes for whatever reason, a lot of people go to problem solving. Have you tried or don't give up or, you know, it's always an aunt for some reason, but, (laughs) oh, I have this aunt that, you know, as soon as she stopped trying, it happened. Or, you know, people trying to be supportive and encouraging and helpful, but it, it really can come off as, yeah, not having kids isn't okay. And so try all of these things in order to make it right. Yeah. One thing that's kind of coming up for me is that toxic positivity, right? Like we want so badly to be optimistic that we don't realize it could be hurting the person we're trying to care for. Exactly. You know, one of the books that really helped me in terms of kind of my acceptance, it's called The Next Happy by Tracy Clintus. And it's actually about a woman who is childless, not by choice due to infertility, which is a little bit different from my story, but I still found this book. It was a turning point for me. And she really talks about 
grieving the loss as if this, because it is a loss, even if the people around you or quote unquote society doesn't recognize it as a grief and loss, it is, it's a non-event loss, disenfranchised grief and recognize that. And then move toward the next happy. Just that concept really, I think I read that book when I was in the right space to kind of talk about, you know what, just because you don't have kids, it is, it is brutal. It is a loss. It will some, it will be something that probably always has some pain attached to it. And it doesn't mean that you now are living the like bronze medal life, right? Or you're living this like backup life. You can grieve and then reassess where you're at and think, okay, well, I've never thought about what my life would be like not having kids. There's not a lot of representation about what life will be like not having kids out there. So some of our grief and stuckness is because we don't see people out there doing it and living a a good life. Instead, it's words like spinsters or lonely or bitter right? And so that's one of the reasons why I really enjoy coming on podcasts because I want to be able to put out another perspective. You can travel more. You can have more flexibility in your life. You can, you know, go on longer vacations or go on fancier vacations, or you can spoil your dog rotten in a way that maybe other people don't, right? It's, or, you know, there's an infinite number of things you can do. While it isn't going to replace what you've gone through, there may be doors that you can open that you didn't even think about. Because being a woman, we are generally, womanhood and motherhood are generally intertwined. This has been so powerful. And I think, you know, just the information you're sharing right now for you know, anyone, you know, whether you have a child or don't have a child, it's so insightful. How, how have you been able to support women through your therapy and transitional coaching? Yeah. So I, you know, I see women one-on-one and, you know, if I am licensed in the state of Colorado, so if you're in the state of Colorado and you're meeting criteria for mental health diagnosis, or that's impacting your ability to take care of yourself or work or get along with others, then that's really a a, a therapist situation. If you're needing just some coaching around how to get from sort of the back end of grief to acceptance, then that's where I can come in as a coach and we can start talking about plans moving forward, goals, how to reach those goals. I do say that I am somebody that I I don't start off as a therapist and then move over to a coach. I am either your therapist if you're in Colorado or your coach. I don't intertwine between them. And, you know, we, we kind of talk about what makes the most sense. If I meet with you and I'm not the right person for you, I'm also happy to help direct you to somebody that might make more sense. My goal is to help connect people to resources, whether that's me or somebody else. And then I also run an online community with two other women called Sonder Sisterhood, S-O-N-D-E-R. And it's an online community for those who are single and childless, not by choice. So a bit of a a subgroup there. We do some support non-therapy groups, typically once a quarter. And then we do some free things as well. We do like a social, virtual social hour. We do book club or article club, if that's a thing. And really 
look at it's a it's a community that people can get involved with with other people who have lived experience where you can feel like you can say what you got to say and you'll feel seen heard and validated I love that this is so great this is all so great I'm so thankful that I got to meet you and I'm so thankful that you were willing to take the time with us today what is the best way for our audience to get in contact with you so they can reach out and connect with you so I'm on Instagram at the other path coaching. I'm also on Instagram at Sonder Sisterhood, S-O-N-D-E-R Sisterhood. I have a, a YouTube channel uh, called Sonder Sisterhood that has lots of free content with tips and coping and, and things to, to do. And those are kind of the three best places. I have websites as well, but these are, those are the three best places to, to find me and come join me. Again, if even if therapy or coaching is not where you're at right now, come connect because you know I can help you find the right resources, or you can just lurk in the background and just know you're not alone. Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you for all that you're doing and thank you for being on our show today, Carrie. Thanks so much. It was great to be here. Until next time, Diamonds, shine bright. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, share it. Share it with people you care about, people you think this will benefit. Share with your team or colleague who is having a difficult time and is looking for solutions. We all want to help people live empowered, to know what to do when faced with uncertainty. And I believe that these ideas can help others have that success. So please share it. But also follow us on our hashtag community power purpose plan and tell us what you think and how this episode has helped you. Diamonds, you have a choice to live connected to progress and growth. You deserve it. And it is yours to have. Live life, my friend, and be encouraged to step into your power purpose plan today. Until next time, take care. <laughs>